So before we get into this episode, we just realized that it's episode 138, not 136. So, our bad. <laughs> Welcome, episode 136 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and nutrition. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing how to deal with a groin strain and how to put together a balanced strength training program. Hope, hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. <laughs> What's up, Achievers? Hope you had a wonderful holiday week last week. Yeah, you Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving for those of you who are in the U.S. or and choose to celebrate it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah we had a really good time. It was uh, It's crazy to look back at those like Facebook memories or time hop pictures where you look back and you know, Kendrick was... I don't know, he like, was like five weeks old last year. crazy, yeah. And yeah. he was so tiny, like just like kind of a little bit of a blob. And now he's walking around, cackling, laughing, and like <laughs> it was—it was awesome. It was yeah. super cool. Uh, so that was good. And um, you want to tell them about the uh, like the the portion size, the recommended portion. Oh size. my <laughs> gosh! I was so I follow obviously I follow a lot of like mom blogs and and mom accounts on Instagram basically. Yeah. And there's one which I'll shout them out because they're amazing. It's called Feeding Littles, and they are super helpful. I I love their account. Um, but I always kind of laugh at when they do portion sizes because Kendrick is just an unbelievable eater in terms Crushes of yeah. amount of food that he can <laughs> put in that little body. And so they had done like um, what a Thanksgiving meal would look like for a six month old who's eating solids and then for a like 10 plus month old and then 18 plus months and then three year old or something. Yep. And so Kendrick would have fallen in the 10 plus month old, right? He's yeah. 13 months now. Um, and I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, that's what he has for like an appetizer. Yeah. Like <laughs> he would eat that and then go on to eat like a turkey sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was just funny. He uh, he put down some serious food on Thanksgiving. Yeah. He was pretty pumped. He's a good eater. He's a great Takes eater. Takes after me. So we actually, it was really funny. Our pediatrician, when I brought him in for the 12 month appointment was, he's so, he's so good. And he's like, and you do want to be like truly careful with how you talk about weight even at this early age totally, like you want to yeah. make sure that you're not making kids feel embarrassed or weird about how much they eat or how much they weigh so we've yeah. never talked about that kind of stuff in front of Kendrick um but when he weighed in at his appointment he was in the he was above 99th percentile <laughs> for weight and so the doctor was really sweet and he was it was obviously in front of Kendrick and I was asking about transitioning to milk and uh, and he was like and I was like, oh, I just assume you go right to whole milk. And the doctor was like, you know, for really good eaters like Kendrick, you could go to 2%. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> I see what you're saying. Thank you for doing it in a delicate way yeah. instead of uh, fat shaming my baby. But it was uh, it was pretty funny. It's awesome. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's really about it to report. Um, renovations are going strong at the gym. Yeah. Uh, I think we probably have about a week, week and a half left. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we decided at the 18th as a... Uh, Hopefully the final, everyone's out and the building's ready to go kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. So that's going well. And uh, yeah, things are going good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Should Let's get, get into questions? the show. Okay. So we got a couple of questions from a couple of um, you on Instagram. So we appreciate you sending those in. And the first one comes from Montrell's 92. And they said, hello again. So I tried sumo deadlift and I think I strained an adductor or something in my groin. Have you had an injury like this while doing sumo? And if so, how did you deal with it? This is a good question, um, and I thought it, it was like a, just a good, tangible, like practical question, yeah. right? Because a lot of people can go through this, and this uh, response is going to be more in terms of like people that are truly just experiencing like a short-term, like acute injury. Mm. This isn't like a long, like aggravating, like chronic injury situation, and so it's literally 
you went to go sumo deadlift one day and then you just pulled something in your groin. Like, how do you kind of manage that? And I think there is a couple of different things that you could do. And one of them is like just to completely rest and stop doing things altogether. Um, but that can get really discouraging, right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I pulled my groin again and then, you know, uh, I'm going to be out of commission for, now. you know, yeah. however many weeks or so. Um, what we want, what we recommend is always to try to do whatever you can at the gym that is going to be similar in nature to the pattern that you were currently working. So if you were doing a sumo deadlift and your legs were out wide, um, what we would recommend is to bring your legs in a little bit closer into more of a conventional deadlift stance and see how that feels. I think when you have a pulled muscle, the first thing that you want to do is try to stretch and stretch and aggressively like crank on that muscle. Um, and it temporarily actually kind of feels a little bit good. Mm. Uh, but we kind of liken it to picking a scab. You know, if you pick a scab, it kind of feels good initially, but then you end up bleeding and rescabbing over and over again, right? So the thing that we want to do is kind of unload that muscle group a little bit before we again reload it back later on and so we want to unload it by bringing your stance in just a little bit and seeing how that feels if that still pulls your groin that's totally cool bring your stance in even a little bit closer if that still feels a little bit you know bothersome bring it in even closer than that and if you get to a point where your like feet are really close together and it's still bothering you then it might be uh, an opportunity to switch up the exercise a little bit maybe even um with your feet about hip width apart, maybe you can actually elevate the barbell, Mm -hmm. right? So you can have the barbell elevated. Maybe you can switch to a trap bar deadlift because the trap bar, the handles are elevated as well. It's all different ways to basically reduce the range of motion in order for you to unload that muscle group. Um, More than likely, you're going to be able to hit that pattern. Now, you know, if let's say it's still really bothersome, with the deadlift bar elevated and you have a really close stance and you're not really placing much of a stretch at all, it probably does actually need a little bit of like a week or two to cool down a little bit. And that's totally fine. But I would still really encourage you to go and hit the gym and do upper body work, Mm -hmm. do bench pressing, pull-ups, rows, push-ups, whatever your normal bench pressing routine is. And in fact, I would have you do it a little bit more frequently. So let's say you do uh, three days a week and you usually do total body maybe you do four days a week but you do only upper body um and i think that's totally fine and it's just like a good way to kind of counteract some of the 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 mental side of things right mm-hmm. it's like oh i'm actually adding a day of working out I, f- I feel better i'm actually like getting stronger with my upper body and it just takes the focus away from my groin my groin my groin is bothering <laughs> me it's holding me back right yeah. so i think uh those are some it's just a couple strategies to think about yeah i love that i think that's a perfect segue between like the because really when you're dealing with an injury there's the physical recovery but then there's also the mental and emotional side of it that's just like feeling down feeling not like yourself like there's all these things that you sort of go through when you're injured that you just get frustrated and so to be able to say okay like focus on what can I do what can I like for for myself I've been injured quite a few times and I like to set a goal for something that I can currently do and so something to strive for um so like I broke my hand playing football that one time right and so I was like all right my, my right hand is in a cast, so I'm going to see if I can do a snatch test with a kettlebell on my left side. So 100 yeah. snatches on just one side. And I could not do it when I started. Yeah. I was in a cast for six weeks, and by the end of it, I trained for it. And that it gave me something to focus on, right? right. By the end, I was able to do it. So it's just a, a way to overcome that frustration of being like, I can't do anything. This is my dominant hand. I'm yeah. like, what am I supposed to do? And so you just figure it out, and, and you feel like you're still working towards something. So Yeah. yeah. I think, yes, yeah, that – I think that – kind of challenge for yourself it really helped to just get you just in the right mindset right and I felt like every time you worked out 
it was there was never any sort of like negative feelings or any sort of discouragement. It was kind of like, oh, can I actually do this with one arm? And yeah, yeah, it was it was, it was super cool to to see. There was just a lot of like like happiness and hope behind each workout, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, and so yeah, if you're if you are currently injured, and obviously that's a strategy for a short term injury, and I know that there's a lot more that goes into <clears throat> long term injuries and things like that, and yeah. like you know, there's a lot more psychology behind dealing with something that's going to be a lot more long-term. I knew my hand was going to come out of a cast in six yeah. weeks and I was going to be fine. Um, so that's, but in a case of like a groin pull, something like that, like set a pull-up challenge for yourself or something like that, that yeah. you're like, okay, let's see what I can do with my upper body while I let this cool down and heal. And you, you're always going to be able to go back to that eventually. Yeah. Now, also, something that I forgot to mention was, so we like to still involve movements that are similar in nature to the movement that they were working on before, right? So mm -hmm. sumo deadlifts, let's try to bring that stance in, let's try to elevate the bar, and it's still a deadlift, right? right? Um, but if that's still bothering you, um, and you still want to work lower body in some capacity, you can still kind of like just test around and just find different ways that you can tax the lower body without necessarily taxing your groin. And so things like stability ball hamstring curls coming to mind um let's see uh, a barbell hip lifts barbell glute bridges um those come to mind um what are other exercises um basically anything that doesn't place too much of a stretch on your groin is going to be okay in that situation yeah. um and will still challenge your lower body and then from there um after you un have unloaded it for a few weeks and you feel like the muscle is recuperating, it feels a little bit better, just walking around, it feels better, then maybe you can start to incorporate a slightly wider stance in your deadlift. Maybe you can bring the deadlift bar back from an elevation all the way back down to the ground. So you're slowly increasing more and more range of motion over time until you get to a point where you're finally back at your normal sumo deadlift stance and you're in a good position there. Um, so that way we're not totally avoiding the movement altogether. Um, and we do want to get you back to a point where you are performing the way you were performing. So it's important to unload first for a few weeks, maybe even a little bit longer and then reload it again. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Great. And then the second question is from Swest Lake. South, Westlake. maybe it's Southwest Lake. Yeah, I, you know it could be a lot of things. I love, <laughs> I love trying to understand people's handles, and then I, when I find out that it's something like sometimes I pronounce it in my head one way, and then yeah. I find out that it has a completely different meaning, and I'm like mind blown. It's, it's just like uh, Harry Potter when we've all read. Hermione, Hermione. <laughs> for years and years and the movies came out it's like Hermione what <laughs> <laughs> that was very mind-blowing that's pretty much yeah and I think that was pre-Instagram yeah um anyway so uh this question was sort of a follow-up to a previous post that we had done or a previous um potentially podcast episode so she said um I've been following your Instagram page for a while and just started listening to the podcast. Both have been really helpful as I've upped my weight training during my running off season. I follow your followed your suggestion from the episode about building a training program and having A and B programs with six exercises plus power and finisher. So she has two questions about that. So I maybe we can link that. Um, yeah, that, that episode. episode yeah. So if you don't know what she's referring to, you can go back and listen to that episode where we talk about kind of how to put together a, a, a really solid two day a week strength training program. Yeah, right? that was one of our uh, more well received podcasts. Was actually, it? we've got a lot of stories of people like taking notes and like designing their own program. So that was pretty cool. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I love <laughs> that. Um, so she had two questions regarding. Uh, putting together that program so she said I plan to stick with these programs for six weeks but what happens after that deadlift squat and bench are still my main lifts do I keep those as a pro 
do I keep those as is and program different exercises around them? So basically, if you're using the like power lifts as your main lifts, do you just continue on with them or do you completely change it up? Yeah. Um, and then the second question was, if I'm doing my lifting program two to three times a week plus running three to four times a week, is there a place for body weight or resistance band work too? Thinking about exercises that inc- improve core and hip strength and mobility. I just don't want to overdo it, but sometimes I feel limited only lifting twice a week. So really good questions, but two very different ones. So let's start by tackling the first one, which was after you do six weeks of a program that you've programmed for yourself, um, an A and B program or an ABC program with your main lifts being deadlift, squat, and bench press, when you write yourself your next phase, do you keep those three lifts the same or do you change it up? Yeah. I mean, I think a couple of kind of like mindset-y questions first, I would say, is just does – I would ask this person, do they actually like the bench squat and deadlift? And if they really dislike it, you know, you don't have to force yourself to do those compound exercises. The reason why we like them so much is because you can progress them for quite a long time, right? So for a deadlift, if you are deadlifting, let's say, 85 pounds, you can add 1.25 pounds on each side. And you can do that pretty consistently week in and week out for quite a long time without really wearing down your body too much, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Which is the reason why we love those main lifts because you can progressively overload them and it constantly gives your body an increasing amount of challenge so that you don't really plateau. Whereas that's not the case for, let's say, a dumbbell chest press. You know, you have to make five-pound increment jumps. You can't just go from 25 pounds to 30 pounds to 35 pounds with that. Um, So it it is trying to figure out whether or not uh, they actually like the bench squat and deadlift. And if they do, then great. And if they don't, then, then there are other ways. But we would recommend ultimately to stick with those main lifts because they are going to be very good drivers to your progress in the long term, yeah, right? Yeah, um, And so let's say that they were doing um, three sets of eight with, a, <laughs> with the squat, bench, and deadlift, um, and they got to a point – let's just make it easy. Three sets of ten – or yeah. three sets of eight for squat, bench, and deadlift, and they were using 100 pounds for every single one of those lifts, right? So at the end of six weeks – Um, What you can do is just drop the reps down a little bit. You can do three sets of six or maybe three sets of five. And that way you can still increase the the weight as you go on from week to week to week. Um, And then maybe four to six weeks after that, you can jump down the reps even a little bit lower. Maybe three sets of three, three sets of four, and then try that out again. Just keep increasing weights. At a certain point, you're not going to be able to keep increasing weights, right? In which case you want to take a step back and deload a little bit. And maybe you go back to three sets of eight or three sets of 10, somewhere around there with slightly lighter weights and kind of repeat that process. But the thing that you'll see is that when you go back to that, you'll be doing more than 100 pounds, yes, right? Because yeah. you've gotten to the point where you've built up a lot of strength. You go back to your sets of 10, but now instead of 100 pounds, you're able to do three sets of 10 at 115 pounds yeah. or something like that. And so that helps you to still see that you're still making progress because sometimes we're like, Am I just like going on this hamster wheel? Like I just got to like <laughs> yeah. cycling through these rep schemes. And so and when that linear progress stops, when you're not able to just keep adding five more pounds, you're kind of like it can get discouraging. Totally. Yeah. Um, and so that's a nice way to say like, OK, well, I never used to be able to do 10 reps at this weight. Uh-huh. And now I can do or you could go back to 100 pounds, but see how many reps you can do. And yeah. maybe you can do 15 or something, you know, so right. you can test sort of your progress in different ways to assure yourself because sometimes you just need that (laughs) like assure yourself that this is like good things are happening you're moving in the right direction um even if you can't just keep adding weight to the bar because that's just not always going to be the way to make progress yeah definitely um yeah and that's one of the reasons why we like rpe so much at Mm -hmm. the gym as well uh, especially for members who are a little bit more advanced um yeah you get to a point where 
if the weights stop increasing, but you feel as though the weights that you were using a month ago feel like a seven rather than a 10 out of 10, you know, that's a, a big sign of progress as well. They just feel easier. You feel more comfortable performing the, the exercise and whatnot. Right. So, yeah. Um, RPE I would... is rate of perceived exertion. Oh, yeah. Rate of perceived exertion. <laughs> um, I was going to say something else about um, – oh, when you do take a step back, um, I think it's important to – let's say you go all the way back to three sets of eight. Um, I would probably start at maybe like – 90 pounds or 80 pounds, even though you've got to a point where you can do three sets of eight at 100 pounds, mm-hmm. um, because you don't want to just start at such a high place because there's no room for you to grow after that. But if you go back down to three sets of eight at 85 pounds or something like that, you can really eke out more and more progress without reaching your ceiling too quickly, yeah. right? And so I think um, that's one of the the lessons that we have with our members early on, right, of Hey, I just did three sets of eight at 100 pounds. Why am I doing three sets of eight at 85 pounds? Like I, like I'm stronger than this. I'm more capable of this. And we definitely agree with that. But we try to tell them the long term vision is we want to take a few steps back in order to take so many steps forward. Mm-hmm. And we try to repeat this cycle over and over again. And you get to a certain point where years down the line, you're suddenly lifting so much more weight because you are more calculated. You're not just pushing every single workout. And then when that happens, you get to a point where you plateau or you're injured, yeah. right? I mean, I think that with with sports, we always think about practice as, yeah. like, we, we think about competing and then we think about practice. And we never go, like, in practice, we, we don't go 100% because yeah. we, we can't. We, you can't maintain that level of performance all the time. Yeah. So in practice, what we do is we we go over the same steps over and over again. I mean, you see professional athletes that still do, like, you know, warm the fundamental up drills, the yeah. fundamental drills that they've been doing since they were eight years old right. in like peewees or whatever. But they because that is just ingraining good habits into your body. And so I think that the more we can think about our workouts as practice as well mm. and not always feeling like we have to be at our max level output at that moment, that kind of helps that mentality as well. So yeah. you're like, I'm doing 85 pounds. This might feel a little bit lighter for me, but I'm practicing really good movement right now. I'm practicing having the weight on the bar. I can maybe play around with my stance and figure out some things that might feel a little better for me. And you don't get so bogged down in the number that's on the bar or the exact amount of weight that you're lifting. Definitely, yeah. And when you practice like that, you basically allow your body time to start to get better at the movement, first of all, so your technique gets refined. And then not only that, it really starts to prepare your muscles, your joints, your entire body, basically, for the heavier and heavier weights that you are going to eventually get up to. But if you don't ever allow your body a chance to do that, and you kind of constantly just push your head up against the wall, you know, that's where injuries and breakdowns start to occur. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Cool. So that's a that's our long answer to that first question. I yeah. think we answered it. Yeah, like yeah, basically, <laughs> yes, keep them unless you really don't want to. If not, keep sort of a compound movement of some sort yeah. in, that, in that place. Okay, cool. And then number two, if I'm doing my lifting program two to three times a week and running three to four times a week, is there a place to add in body weight or resistance band work? Um, what are your thoughts? And so, yeah, for that, I, I think that we can add that stuff into the warm-up of the strength mm. training days, um, especially like – resistance span work she's talking about wanting to make sure she's got like good hip stability and mobility things like that Um, I think all of that can be part of the strength training 
program and it can either be in the warm-up like before you go into your strength training maybe you do some mini band walks um or clamshells or some um and obviously hopefully mobility drills in the beginning and then go into your workout or if you don't have time for like a full-on long warm-up you can add them in between uh sets of the exercises that you're performing so if you're doing back squats you can add a single leg glute bridge as your like in between sets of back squat exercise so you're still working like training a specific muscle group um but it's not like demanding on the same muscles that you're using for squats necessarily because you're just doing a body weight version that you can still then go do your squats well and it kind of fills that resting time yeah yeah i think that's perfect yeah i was gonna say you can superset it um as well so that's perfect Mm -hmm. um and it seems like she's doing a lot of endurance and running training yeah right so it seems as though um she's in a place where she wants to uh, not let the like she wants to improve her running but also improve her strength as well yeah. right so I think uh, those can be competing at times um, you know depending on where she's at in her season so the thing that we try to do with runners is instead of always trying to improve endurance and strength and those variables all at the same time all the time which can get really draining what we try to do is have them think about seasons right there's going to be an off season for her running where there's going to be less races and less competitions and stuff like that during that period that's where you can start to improve and focus more of your attention on strength so maybe you do three to four days of strength training then and back off your running one to two times a week or something like that and then during your in-season training you can actually ramp back up with your running and dial the strength training back in this way there's less of competing forces and just mentally you're like oh, I'm more focused on my running now or I'm more focused on my strength now rather than being like my running improved a little bit but then my strength decreased. So now like my training is kind of lame. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I think uh, it's important for uh, runners or really anyone who wants to do another specialized skill beyond weight room training mm-hmm. that um, to just like take a step back and put it in perspective and like like you can marry the two together, but you just have to be strategic with it. Yeah. And yeah. you can think of the other one as sort of like the supporting actor of the of the play, oh, right? Yeah. So like yeah. you're doing if running you're in season running, strength training is supporting that goal, but right. it doesn't need to be the focus. It doesn't need to be the thing that you're improving the whole time. Yes. And then vice versa. When you're strength focusing on strength training, running can still be supportive of that goal if yeah. you're doing it in a way that's not overly taxing, things like that, but just kind of like improving your energy system. So there right. are definitely ways to view it where yeah like just like you said jason like one is the focus and one is more of the support team yeah yeah i love that support team support team nice. <laughs> um, the best supporting actor <laughs> yeah so i think those are our answers to your burning questions but yeah. we still have a story that will make your heart sing and i'm so excited <gasps> about this yeah we need some sort of some sort of tone not some that sort of that effect. was a little that was i mean actually i kind of liked it it was nice jason um so okay i love the story i'm so excited to tell it so i saw this the other day um This five-year-old boy was getting adopted by his um, foster parents. So they had fostered him for a little over a year, and they were going to adopt him. And his entire kindergarten class came to the adoption, um, like, hearing. And so they're all in the courtroom, his whole kindergarten class. And they were holding little paper hearts, like, up. And then at one point, the judge asked them all to stand up and say – what they like about Michael and the kids were all standing up being like, I love Michael or Michael is my best friend. (laughs) And they were just like really supporting this kid. And um, it was just such a beautiful, like 
moment like there's pictures of this whole kindergarten class in a courtroom just yeah. like sitting behind him and this little kid looks so happy to be getting adopted and um his parents look so happy and it's just a really feel good feel good moment that's awesome yeah shout out to probably like the teachers and, and uh parents that yeah. helped organize so i guess that. it was awesome. the one of the teachers um at, told the mom that she she like had the idea to, yeah. to do it is there a picture yeah you see this well that's the there's a couple pictures. Okay. You got to scroll up for the one where he's sitting in the chair oh and the whole class is behind him. Oh and they're God, all holding. This is I know. Amazing. Maybe I was like, Jason's face isn't portraying the amount of joy that this story is bringing me, but you have to see the pictures. It's like, it's so cute. So cute. It's so cute. It's amazing. It just makes me realize how much five-year-olds are just like full of love. Like little yeah. kids are just full of love for each other. <laughs> it's so sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> so anyway, that was my little feel good story. Um, and I believe that's all we've got for you today. Yeah. So thanks so much for listening. And if you like the podcast and you wouldn't mind leaving us a review, that would be super, super helpful wherever you listen to this podcast. And until next time. High fives. And positive vibes.